Hey, it's Katie. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. Bobby and Aaron, I have a, another different question for you guys to kick off this recording, which has been, by the way, on the back of a delightful afternoon of recording with it's you guys. It's been nice. It's been a nice day. Bobby's but, mad because his computer's doing <laughs> stupid things. But. Stupid computer broke. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a lovely day of recording, and then and my then computer the, broke. And then the technology then was all you know what it is? technological. We were so cool, the computer couldn't keep up. We did put a lot of information through it at we once. We did. We did. We were like, hey, computer. We record a lot in one day. Yeah. Like we do. Yeah. For those that don't know, well, I just told you. So. <laughs> and there it is. What happens? We record a lot in one day. Drop the mic. We out. That's all the information all right, that, you really that's need. That's all the time we have for this episode. So, uh, this episode's sponsored by now. Yeah, exactly. No, so here's my question for you guys, because we cover a lot of topics on this show, and I feel like we do a fair amount of, like, hot take dropping, you know? Mm. And this one, this episode, could potentially fall into that category in my mind. We're going we're gonna to touch on something that's kind of like a long-held tenet of enjoying whiskey. We're going to debunk it a little bit, shine a light on it. But before we get into that topic itself, I want to know from you guys... What do you think is the most controversial opinion you've expressed on Cask Chasers to date? I know what Bobby's is. I don't know what mine is, though. Does it well, rhyme with Schmack Schmanuels? Schmack Schmanuels? Go for it, Bobby. Bobby, what do you think you're most... <laughs> I've never got any feedback about it, but I have never cared been delighted by or um thought about or considered jack daniels as a brand that i would ever use drink or be a part of in any way but i wouldn't say controversial no i mean well i mean it, it's just a straight up statement that yeah, you have period yeah. no they're they're not a brand that i like a lot of stuff from and sure. I think they're a big brand, so I just throw rocks at them because they don't notice me. I, I I have no hate for Jack Daniels. I think they're probably doing an amazing job. I think their distillers are hard. I actually know their distillers are amazing and, and are, are doing good stuff. I just don't like Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels in general. I, so I'm mean to them. I applaud your bravery in knowing yeah. yourself well. But I, honestly, I'm like a little kid throwing pebbles at a jumbo jet. I don't think... Like, I'm not a no. blip on... Yeah. If, if at worst... Somebody in the production line may listen to us and go, "Fuck that guy." And that's that's it. That's the the level of irritation that I give Jack Daniels. I, I think you're even aiming high with that. It may be not even there. Probably. <laughs> he probably just turns it you're off. You're throwing rocks at a satellite. I think, yeah. I don't think anybody over there even <laughs> listens. No. To no. Well, I've I've sent an email asking them not to. <laughs> Please don't listen to this. So. That, that's the only <laughs> way they will listen. What? Who's this guy? Aaron, what about you? I don't I don't what? know. I think I'm pretty I'm pretty laid back in general. I can't Can you guys think of something I've said that was a little edgy or anything like that i feel like no you are pretty 
you're pretty um, passive with things. And I don't think, that, I think you're accepting, accepting yeah. of different things. And I think that's a good thing. I think there's a little bit of a balance on the show. I think, um, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, throws rocks. I, I well, throw rocks sure, and well, you clean up, clean up the that's rocks. That's true. I will say when, when it gets, a lot of times when it gets into like definitions and stuff, like I'm like, that's no, true. actually, actually you can, can have, I get an analogy of you how can have a bourbon that's 100% corn. You he, he is very about definitions, but to use an analogy, if we're, if Aaron and I went out Halloween and we TP'd somebody's house, I'd be the one he would let launch toilet paper all over the place. And he would sit in the back and laugh and be like, all right. And then at the end, he'd be like, okay, let's get this cleaned up. So these folks don't <laughs> have to deal with it. And I'd light a cigarette up and walk down the road and be like, they're teaching their own Bobby. Dad. We're yeah. use that. That's two ply. We Bobby, that use is that. quality. To, and these poor folks are okay, going to have to. Fun while we lasted. That's Time a cypress tree. And I don't know if you know about cypress. They need. <laughs> They can't have that kind of stress on them. They're not going to bloom if that's how that would. That's pretty much our relationship. I love that. I think that's going to play purpose or perfectly on this episode. And Katie's in the shadows, going, "Do that again." No, yeah, that's one hundred percent correct. Yeah, actually, Katie, Katie, that's Katie good radio. Let's talk much. about how much we hate Hawaii, but appreciate it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie is, is, can show up a bit puppet mastery to the to these things, like, "Hey guys, do this thing," and we're like, "Okay." We're she, like, you know what part of the tree doesn't have toilet paper on it? Right over there. Go right there. I got it. But she'll get me revved up, Bobby. Those people in the house don't like you. And Aaron's like, he doesn't know that. You don't know that, Bobby. We have a good balance, I think. I don't think it's about always hot takes. I pick on Jack Daniels, but I do have strong opinions. I also do believe you should enjoy the whiskey you the way you want to drink it and the whiskey you want to drink. But I'll be the first to tell you, you're dumb, and that's not how you should be drinking it. Or the one you should be drinking. So it's a, you know, it's a balance. It I is. think that's it an is. important thing to level set for a conversation. Is today's today. topic on toilet paper? We're, we're just talking about Jack Daniels today. Oh, actually. close. Jack Daniels. Age statements. Age statements. Talk about age statements. How old is Jack Daniels? I do have a lot of opinions on age statements. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Why, that's why we prep the listeners. Yeah. 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 I think okay. this, this was an episode brought to us by Aaron, actually. And I really appreciate it because this is something we've touched on a lot in recent episodes and like talking about newer whiskeys and things that, you know, we, we want to prop up regardless of the age. Cause sometimes that's, you know, not the big picture, most important thing about a whiskey. So yeah, I think today we wanted to have a balanced conversation about when each statements are important, when they're really not the most important thing about a whiskey and, you know, just some stuff we should know about it as we look at those parts of enjoying a beverage and i think uh, on a lot of episodes people have heard us like sort of reference reference like hey don't put don't put so much stock on age you know there's plenty of stuff out there that's non-age statement that is really good you know don't you know don't buy stuff based on age age is just a number you know what whatever we say but i don't think we've ever really just addressed like why why to on a certain level a higher age statement is something desirable why sometimes you can't do it, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I just sort of wanted to delve into that thing that we've sort of talked about from the outside, I guess. I like to use a lot of analogies. I think it helps listeners in their day-to-day life to see things from my point of view. And sometimes sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't. We'll see what this one looks like. Mm-hmm. I relate it to meats. Oh, boy. Well, let me buckle in for this yeah. analogy real quick. So... Some meats need 
you know, to be smoked slow on low heat for a long, long time. Um, some meats need to be quickly in a hot pan, three minutes, three minutes. And that's a good steak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some need to be put in the oven. So it's, it's the meat, it's the type of heat you're using. It's there's, there's reasons and it depends. There's a lot of depends. So you can't just go and say, Hey, I'm cooking meat. How long? That doesn't make any mm, sense. Okay. It's more about, well, what are you cooking and why are you cooking and what are you trying to accomplish? Whiskey's the same way. Age is a good example of, you know, a blanket statement to say it's a 25-year-old single malt, okay? That might be pretty good. And if it's a good distillery and you know their background and they really know what they're doing and you know that the people there are choosing specifically for the sake of age, that's great. But if you went in a warehouse that you weren't familiar with and you just grabbed a 25-year-old barrel, there's no guarantee that that's going to be quality. It's going to taste good. It could be very oaky. It could taste funky. It could taste off. It could taste. It could still taste mild, ethanol-y. I mean, there's all kinds of nuance that can make that age really mean nothing. And that, yeah. that, that's, a, that's something that I, I, knew, I know to be true, but I really never thought of coming at it like that because uh, generally speaking if you if you buy something with a a higher age statement um that's being put out by a distillery it, it's usually going to taste really good but as we know every batch that they're making or everything that they're putting an age statement on didn't just come out of one barrel you know they're pulling from multiple different barrels and if it's a 25 year um the youngest barrel they're pulling from is a 25 year old barrel so they are still trying to make a fantastic whiskey out of what they have by pulling from this barrel and that barrel. And, that, and not to say age isn't important. No, I, no, absolutely. Because time is an ingredient of whiskey. It really oh, is. Absolutely. I'm, poetic. I'm saying, but I'm saying it's, it's an arbitrary thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very subject because there are three-year-old whiskeys that are good. So let's start off real quickly. Um, can somebody give me a basic definition of age statement, like throwback style to a sack of terms episode? I mean, it's it's just it's basically uh, age labeled on the bottle, and typically it means that's the youngest whiskey in that bottle. So unless it's a single barrel, um, meaning pulled from one barrel. So if it's a twenty-five year, ten-year single barrel, twelve-year single barrel, that one barrel was twelve years old, and that's what's in the bottle. But let's say you get a 20-year single malt, and it's not a single barrel. It's, it's probably a they, – they take they take a – in the distillery, and don't confuse it with a blend, meaning a blend is from multiple distilleries. In that one distillery, there are blenders blending different barrels. So they may go in and pick barrel one, two, three, and four and blend those together. The youngest aged barrel in that blend of whiskeys is 12 years, 20 years, whatever. So you could have a 25-year single malt that has 30-year-old whiskey in it just because that 30-year-old whiskey may have added something that's, you know, balanced or a nuance that they were looking for. But on the bottle, it'll say 25-year or it'll say whatever the the minimum is. The idea of an age statement is to – it's a, it's a mark in, – in my opinion, it's marketing because people like to say this is a – age means old and means rare. Now – there is a truth. There is truth to that because liquor, mm-hmm. whiskey specifically, and water evaporate. So if you have a barrel full of whiskey, twenty-five years later, a lot of that whiskey is going to evaporate, meaning there's a minimal amount supply and demand. So yes, there's a price point. Very rare. Can you know? Yeah, sure. If mm-hmm. twenty-five years, that might be a rare, but that doesn't define good. 
Right. Well, and I, I think I think you hit it right on the head. A, a lot of, uh, and it's not the only reason, but a lot of the reason that a lot of these um, higher age stated whiskeys cost more is yes, because they're rare and there's less of it, not only from evaporation, but also because the distillers have been using barrels from that same year to go into other other things. They uh, they might have used some of what is now 25 years old, you know, uh, 10 years ago in a 12-year-old, you know? So, like, there, it's just there's less of it because you can only the, – the age stated has to be the youngest one. So you're always using the youngest one and older ones. So by that, just by them using it there's going to be less of it as well. So I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on this. Like, I want you to think back to a time where you had an older whiskey, you know, 20, 25 years, whatever, and there was a definitive taste difference, I guess, between maybe that expression versus a younger one you've had from the same line versus when it was just that kind of like aphrodisiac of, I can't believe we're sipping on something as rare as a 50-year-old whatever. I, I have one, but I want to I want to caveat real quick. We're talking age. The conversation we just had was basically Scotch whiskey. Whiskey, yes, yes. American whiskeys. Thank you for pointing that. Yep, out. there are legal. Um, you know, a straight whiskey has to be um, two years old, mm. minimum of two years old to be considered, and among other rules and everything. And, and there's diff- different rules for a, a straight bourbon versus a straight right. Piss and you know and how many years these things can be exactly. Yes. Um, how you express age on a bear on a bottle um, that varies too. So there's nuances there. So we're not this conversation. I don't think is about the nuances between. The rules. I think it's more about the age in general. Yeah, if I'm yeah. understanding correctly, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, we can we're, we can dig into that if you want to. We can talk about yeah. whatever we want. This um, is our podcast. Yeah. Well, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love when you say things like that. Um, I, I guess I so I, I bring it up a lot, but the Highland Park 25 is an old old whiskey. It's a 25 year old single malt and. I, I love everything they make. The 17 years superb, the 15 year before it was discontinued was superb. There are some non-age dated that are great, but the 25 has a complexity to it and depth to it that I don't know if it's age. I'm, what's age was part of the ingredient. It's not because of the age that I find it so delightful. I think it's just a great whiskey, and I think the distiller, the blenders, and the team just picked choice barrels mm-hmm. that had been aging, and age just happened to be the ingredient. Just happened to be the ingredient that worked in that bottling. Because a great example, the 18-year Highland Park, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was the 2017 that I had, I, I think, um, fell flat. And that's an 18-year-old oh. single malt. I would take the 15 over it any day of the, with the 17 really? um over it any day of the week the 18 year that i had fell flat so there's a good i mean that's a one year difference but it fell flat i've had 20 year olds that were you know didn't surprise me so age yeah, isn't yeah. always that's that's the point i'm trying to make the 25 year old is superb though yeah. it's a different well and uh, i mean that also speaks to i mean i'm we're, we're always talking about you know drink what you like drink it how you like and and, and all that you know the, just because something is older doesn't mean you have to like it more. You know, like mm-hmm. you're not going to be like pointed at and made fun of. Like, well, you might, but not for that reason. Um, but uh, like uh, to Bobby's example, um, Oban, Oban 14 versus Oban 18. I love both of them. 
four year difference. Um, the Open 18 is has a lot more subtlety, um, sort of rounded edges. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it doesn't have mm-hmm. like these big peaks, these big pops of flavor, mm-hmm. whereas the 14 does to me. So that in some cases, because of that, um, the wood can tend to mellow out the flavor, you know, and, and, and all that, which is nice. And, and, you know, you now have a, a, a very subtle thing to drink. But sometimes I just want, you know, like these little bursts, these little pops, which I'm not saying because something is an older age, you're not going to get that. But that is one of the it's one like of the byproducts. Factor. Yeah. And and it's mar- when I it's marketing too. Um, we we're getting away from that, which is beautiful. And I think conversations like that are great because I think when you have a ten year old that's better than the twelve, or you have a you know seventeen better than the eighteen or whatever it may be, that helps to paint the picture of age. May not be the only answer. The only time whiskey age on a bottle is regulated is must is American whiskey. Um, if it's less than four years old, for if it, if a straight whiskey is less than four years old. Um, um, it has to be put on the bottle. Anything after four years, it's voluntary. In Scotch whiskey, they never have to put the age on the bottle. No. Yeah. Ever. Um, there's no rule that says they have to. They do it for us. Well, those those are the types of nuances I really was hoping we could get into in this conversation because, you know, to your guys' point, you know, the, a lot of these comments have been based around Scotch, which has to be aged in barrels that have been used before. It's not like a bourbon that's using new American oak. And that's one of the nuances that I think is important to point out to listeners, because if you don't know to look for those nuances and also understand that time is just one of the ingredients, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you had people that looked at a bourbon and was expecting, oh, well, you know, this isn't 12 years plus because that's what I hear whiskey drinkers looking for. So maybe it's not good. When in reality, you probably don't want something that's a bourbon that's been sitting and stewing in that new oak for that long. That's a great point. I was actually going to bring it up and then you brought it up. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I think if you consider new up and coming American whiskeys, very few of them are age stated or at least age stated to a position that you care. I mean, there are, you know, the, the Henry McKenna 10 year, you know, award winning whiskey, great whiskey and everything else. The Russell's 13 year. I would argue that those probably could have won those awards without that age statement. Oh, sure. You know, they didn't need it. I don't think people, and maybe it's just me, but I don't think Russell, you know, the 13, I think it would have been considered good regardless of the age. I don't think people saw 13 years and thought, that's why I'm buying it. I agree with that. You know what I mean? And also, uh, there's also a a logistical, a um, a needed piece to why we are seeing fewer and fewer age statements as well. One is, you know, the perception is changing on it, which I think is great. But another one is, is that we're in the middle of a giant whiskey boom. People didn't love whiskey and weren't as fanatical about whiskey 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And you cast know. chasers brought it back. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Single hand. No. All due to us. No. Um, Not at all. Thank you for everybody. That's right. But, uh, but because there's such a demand for whiskey, when this is a product that you... Who knew Who knew 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 25 years ago, that right now everybody would want whiskey? So logistically and for purposes of continuing the industry and so that the industry isn't bled dry, 
they can't be releasing high age statements and things right now because, you know, there's so many of us that are just like chomping at the bit to get more whiskey. And there's some brands that have handled that in good ways. And there's some brands that have handled that in not great ways, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a necessity. It's a necessity that right now we, we don't rely heavily on age statements um, as whiskey consumers. If we want to see stuff at a reasonable price and, you know, stuff that is good, and stuff that is not age statement is very often good. I, I think I, I think age is important. You know, I've had whiskeys that I thought this needs more time. We've pulled from barrels that were exceptional barrels and thought, okay, this is great. It needs more time in this barrel. So yes, age is a is a is a an ingredient. I'm my point is age isn't shouldn't be the identifier of if this is great, good, or whatever. There are arguments to, there are estimates to, you know, the, between 15 and 20 years or 15 and 18 years for a Scotch whiskey is the prime tasting category. And I maybe, maybe, the most in that age range are better, maybe. As an average, probably. As an average. Probably. That's not to say that an eight-year isn't, there's mm-hmm. not an eight-year out there that is fan. I had a Bunahabin eight-year mm-hmm. um, for an IB uh, Bunahabin eight-year that was amazing. And I had some new whiskey things going on, some young whiskey things going on, but it was fantastic. So I don't think the point, I want to make, I just want to make this clear. We're not saying, you know, age statements are the devil, you know, and stay away. We're just saying, don't make that like like you shouldn't say this bottle is attractive. Mm-hmm. It must be delicious whiskey. Don't say this age is this. I won't buy a 12 year because that's you're killing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a similar conversation as the ones we've had about ABV too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. like the higher proof stuff. Like yeah. I, we've had so many people on the show recently who have come on and specifically called out the fact that they wanted to change the proof of the whiskey because that's yet another ingredient, not right. Not mm-hmm. the only thing, mm-hmm. but one that when combined with the other factors of that expression mm-hmm. plays a similar role into the er, yeah. as age, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes 46 is perfect. Sometimes a hundred proof is perfect. Sometimes, you know, 120 is perfect. It really depends on if you trust the distiller and they're doing a good job. Baby V's an ingredient. Heidi, you know that I love milk and honey whiskey, right? I know it, babe. Right? Single malt Israeli whiskey? Yes. You know they make a gin, right? Yes. Yeah. It's called Levantine Gin. Okay. It's absolutely fantastic. And unlike any other gin I've ever had, because they're using all of these botanicals that are that are, are local to Israel, from Israel, including something called Zatar. Oh. Which you know, we, we cook with Yeah, that. it's a, a spice. It's a spice. It's a spicy. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious. You add that spiciness to the orange and the chamomile and some of the black pepper. It's just glorious. I wouldn't even put it with tonic. I would just sip it straight, maybe with a little cube. Oh, my. Would you do that? I maybe would try it. Okay. Can maybe. we do that now? We could do that. Okay. Are you as proud a sponsor of the Cast Chasers podcast as Impex is? Loud and proud, babe. Boom. Time is needed. And I think let, we should dig into that. The, the, the spirit has to have time to strip away the flavors of the barrel. Scotch whiskey is being put into a used barrel. So a lot of those flavors have already been stripped. So time is important. I haven't had a lot of three-year-old single malt. 36 months, I think, is the minimal, right? Three years for a single malt? I 
I for think a scotch it can, I think it can be two. Is it two? No. It's two or three, regardless. Um, three years for a single malt that I've enjoyed, and I've had thirty-six month, you know, three-year-old, whatever, and they're not. I haven't had one that's great, but I've had a five-year-old that's fantastic. The wee beastie, that's yeah. five years old. You know what I mean? Is it complex and deep and rich? Which is interesting, but especially because of know, the peat factor in there. You know, right, right. There's other elements. That's a good point. There's other elements that they use to to bring out flavor, to bring out, you know, complexity. And well, age and just wasn't the only one they put in. It wasn't the only spice they used. And some something that I've only discovered recently is there are certain culty followings of specific whiskey brands where people are seeking out are seeking out young whiskeys. Young uh, Kilhoman. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's an entire culture in the Kilhoman fan base that they they want to taste the youngest expressions that they possibly can. They're like, where's the new make at? Well, Let me yeah. add it. So zoom out real quick. Okay, so let's think about what what time does, and let's look at another point of view. Time, age, and surface area also have a lot to play. Yep, you know. A full barrel, a cask, um, a pipe, you know, depending on what you're using, size, surface area, and how much time that whiskey has to strip away. You put whiskey in a five-gallon barrel, you know, you don't need as much time. There's new, there's pressure aging um, whiskeys where they're getting the same profile as you would in a 12-year, 20-year by, you know, within a couple of years by using pressure. Like a pressure um, cooker. Exactly. Yeah. Similar. And that's new. This is new things that are happening. Heat or temperature. They're using temperature now to try to pull age or I say age to, to pull flavor and complexity without age being a big factor. So there are ways to get those same nuanced flavor notes that you would get from an age whiskey in other ways. And to Aaron's point earlier, the reason we're looking at those is we don't have the luxury of time anymore. You know, if you're a distillery and you're trying to make it, you know, not everybody has a barrel. They're like, no, no, I'm going to let that kick around for 25, 30, 40 years. exactly. You know, but you just got started. (laughs) You know, especially American, where you just got here. Where's the capital? Right, right, right. (laughs) Uh, We got to make something. Yeah. And we got to get it out there. So that means we have to be innovative. And we have consumers that are specifically because whiskey has made a comeback, consumers that are knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Thanks to stupid shows like ours that are making them knowledgeable, we're really yeah. messing things up. Yeah. But people are smart now, and they're, they they know what they're supposed to be getting quality, so you can't trick them. Mm-hmm. So you have to give them a flavor profile that they're going to like. And if you don't have the stock of 15, 20 years, and you're not sourcing, you better be innovative. So, I'm I mean... Wondering, I'm wondering if we're, that's one of the reasons why we're also seeing a rise in whiskey from other parts of the world, right? Because I remember... Back when we were talking about cooperage and, you know, just the role that the wood of the barrel and that part of the process plays in making whiskey, we kind of dabbled in talking about Australian rickhouses. Yeah. And how, you know, you're not talking about a cooler or temperate climate like in Scotland. You're talking about ups and downs, extreme temperatures that kind of naturally simulate those those byproducts well, and, you're talking and about. Something like that, and I'm 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 glad you brought that up because I'll, I'll bring up Australian whiskey any chance I get, even though I've only ever had two, but they're fantastic. <laughs> um, it's it's almost like a time pressure cooker, you know. Like they uh, they they will jokingly say they experience four seasons in a day, 
but it's you know it's 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 hot it's rainy it's freezing it's and, and it's just you, that that will just in the barrel make the barrel expand and contract and expand and contract and expand and contract which will move the the spirit through it a lot a lot more quickly um i, I we had starward on on one of our facebook uh lives starward is a um is an australian brand and their whiskey is very young but as far as complexity and even even at still having those rounded edges and everything i was blown away um, by how young it was. I don't remember how young, maybe four years old, uh, some of the things that they're putting out. And I think they've got like some special releases that are, uh, age stated on them, but it just, everything plays a factor. So we've talked about, we talked about, um, the Wee Beastie five year. We mentioned some bourbons. I'm curious about some of the other like younger whiskeys that you guys have had that you'd really want to hold up to somebody who, you know, makes blanket statements like, oh, I only drink whiskey that's 15 years older and say, no, no, this is really one you guys would want to look at. Um, I, so I, there are a couple different um, American brands and bourbon brands that are doing uh, some really interesting different things. Now in Scotland, the only age that you can put on the bottle is the youngest age of the whiskey um, in the United States? Also, if there if there's only one age on it, that's the same the same rule. But in the United States, we are also allowed if it is a blend, we can put somewhere on the bottle that this barrel uh, was this old, this barrel was this old, this barrel was this old. We can say all of these different things. It came from a th- this year old from this brand, or this year old from that brand. I would encourage people to find uh, uh, Bardstown does a, does a lot of that. They'll tell you right on the side of the mm-hmm. bottle um, how old uh, the different the different uh, spirits are that are in that particular bottle, um, and just dive into that. Some of them are going to be a little older, but it, it's always neat to see. Wow, they've got a much younger whiskey in here than than I thought would bring that depth of flavor. And all it takes is a drop of a young whiskey in it for it to now be age stated that young whiskey you know so it's yeah I, as far as specific ones can you well anything? yeah one of one of my one of my favorites that shocked me and that i keep an eye on um actually comes from our sponsor um from impex is uh, milk and honey which is an israeli distillery um and they have a i think they're fairly new but i had their three-year-old peated um, mm. And their three-year-old non-peated is really good, too. But it's super young. And Dan from our local liquor store, Beard Tail Liquor, um, he's the one that told me just a couple of years ago, you know, you got to try this. So I grabbed a bottle. and I was like, man, the three-year-old whiskey, I mean, what are they doing? But climate takes a position, you know, with how their grains and their mash bill, you know, all these things, obviously. I was super impressed. And that's a three-year-old, you know, Israeli, which is interesting in itself. Mm-hmm. So there are we beastie we talked about before. Um, the um, the um, what did I say earlier the the not the Bunahaben the 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 singatory that I have. Oh, the um, yeah. I don't. How old is that one? It's, I forget what it is. It's a three year, I think. Yeah, um, three year old. Um, it's an uh, independent bottle. So 
there are great whiskeys out there that are that are young. You're, you're going to find more in American whiskeys, I think, because uh, they I, don't need. I would say, I would say, if you see a young bottle that's put out by an independent bottler, that's probably something typical. That's gonna, a lot of times, be really tasty. not typically. But well, a lot of so you, you mentioned milk and honey, and I literally looked over my right shoulder, and I have single cask nations bottling of the two year old milk and honey, yeah, which is fantastic, yeah, and like, and they actually just. Did I think that it was, you also. know what. It was, was it the 24 month. That's the one I had. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years. Yeah. That's this one right here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, that, no, I had their, like you oh, have the IB. I have, oh, okay. they, I had I theirs. Um, now it's, the, they have a three-year-old. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. But yeah. I would say, I would say if you, if you see, if you see any independent bottler that has some distillery's name and a young age statement on it, it's probably yeah. exceptional. Sometimes there's phenomenal expensive whiskeys that are young. Uh, the Octomore, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're young. I want to say four years, eight years, something like that. They're not old. No, no, no. no. I have to look that up. But um, they're super young. But you're going to pay over a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Plus well, for that. And again, I guess that makes sense because if you're letting very peaty whiskey just sit and age for too long, um, I, I guess that's where you kind of start to lose some of that or some of the peaty elements just get incorporated into the whiskey or almost i don't know how to say it not faded out but the octomore well you, you actually you lose um ppm you actually lose yeah. um peated parts with age with age so you, you so yeah you don't want it that old but the octomore the 4.2 is five years five years old um and I mean that's that's a that's a few hundred dollars you're gonna pay for mm-hmm. that bottle um and it's superb now that's Pete but that's the point we're trying to make is there's yeah. another ingredient there and age wasn't the only ingredient they were looking at. That's what I love about conversations like this because, you know, not only do we get a chance to highlight some of the younger or newer distilleries that are putting out great products, they just happen to be on the other side of, you know, how long they've been actually in business. But I feel like it also helps to level set people who may be hearing from a more experienced whiskey drinker about, oh, well, I had a Pappy Van Winkle 23 the other day. Right. And you're thinking to yourself, like, I don't even know what universe I could get my hands on yeah. that. Well, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with old whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's not what this episode is at all. And I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that we've said that at all. No, no, no. I will buy a 25-year-old I, single I, malt I, I and love it. Bo- Bobby. Dearly. Bobby, yeah, Bobby. Dearly. Especially if it's a Highland my, Park. Bobby mm. gave me a 30-year whiskey for my birthday, and I, it's one of my favorite things that I own in my so, life. Yeah. No, age is cool. Yeah. Age can be a marker, and age can mean a lot of things and can tell you a lot. That's not, we're not saying that's not the case. We're saying don't make that the thing. Right. No, no. I've heard people say I won't drink a 12-year-old single malt. It's not worth my time. Those are the statements I'm trying to get around. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think that's more, more it than anything else. I, we just want for our, because we've never directly addressed it head on, mm-hmm. I think we just want our listeners to understand what, why, why about, about the age. <laughs> why the age? Why, why do you age? What's the <laughs> deal with age? Um, but yeah, I, I think we just, we just want our listeners to have just something they can refer to, to be like, okay, this is what it means when something has an age statement. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Doesn't necessarily mean it's any worse. If it's being put out by a distillery in their core line, they are 
engineering it. They are blending it to make sure it is the best 25-year it can be. There are very likely some really crummy 25-year-old barrels sitting around in distilleries. I know some pretty crummy 25-year-olds in general. (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? Get a job, 25-year-old single malt. 25-year-old single malt. Get off your parents' couch. That's right. (laughs) Bleeding things dry. 25 year old. Yep, yep, that one, that line of thought. (laughs) This episode brought to you by Age Stated Whiskeys. Oh, man. Did you guys have any that you wanted to try specifically to kind of talk through? You want to talk about that? I've got the two-year M&H Single Cast Nation. You want to throw some of that back real quick? I'll I'll get us new glasses because we've been drinking many whiskeys in these. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited to hear you guys talk through that one because... I remember a couple months ago, we were on a Facebook Live event with Impact Beverages, and we were talking with the guys from Milk and Honey, and just, I mean, the story and kind of the the description of the whiskey that they're putting out really caught my attention. I have not had a chance to try this yet. I know that Bobby fell in love with it. Like, you were, you were head over heels, and that's all you talked about for about two, three weeks after you got your first bottle. I was in, very impressed. I was very impressed by the brand. I was very impressed by the flavor profile. And then I was shocked by the age because I wasn't told the age statement. I was just told, try this. And then I got a sample taste. And then I was like, wow, this is great. Um, I knew it was young because I could tell it was young, but I didn't realize how young. And then when I found out, it just goes to show you, you know, and there may be some temperatures, you know, maybe the barrels because where they're at, maybe the temperature has something to do with it. Maybe the type of barrel, you know, there's all kinds of reasons and grains and whatever, but it's just a good whiskey and age isn't the main. Well, that's not true. I guess as young as it is, that's an ingredient. You well, know? And, and that's the thing. I'm sure they want it to be older. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, this two year old is going to t- taste completely different when it's, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old. You know, you're just going to, it, it's going to be a completely different whiskey at that point. So what we, what we, ju- what we just pulled down is from M&H Distillery, from Milk and Honey Distillery, that Israeli distillery that we've been talking about. This is a bottling from Single Cask Nation, which is owned by Joshua Hatton and his partner, uh, Jason. Who's Josh? Jo- Joshua. Jo- Joshua Hatton. No. I haven't heard that name. You, you haven't heard that name before. I feel like, I feel like. I feel I'm- like he's, he's, he's probably married to someone probably yeah. named Haida. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You may have heard them on one or two of the Cask Chasers podcast episodes. Like this, this Cask Chasers podcast? This is the one. This one. What? Often yeah. brought to you by Impex Beverages. So yeah, you'll hear Joshua uh, Joshua Hatton and his wife Haida on um, on ads in our episodes. Uh, but he knows his... So for us to, you know, Joshua knows his whiskey and I, I think we hopefully have him on the show soon. I mean, he's on the show cause he's in the, you'll hear him in the, in the ad, but I, he knows it'll you, be fun to have him on the show and then have him on an ad in the show. Right. That he's right. On. That'd be hilarious. Inception. But he really knows his whiskey. He's truly passionate about it and he has a lot of opinions and he's picky. And I mean that as a compliment. So, you know, you know, for him to, a work with milk and honey and B to, you know, M he's part of Impex, but he's also part of single cast nation, which is his specific company, right? For him to choose a two year old whiskey to showcase. And it's great by the way, to, to showcase 
that's something you can trust. So I think there's trust there too. I think we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. You need to trust the brands that you're putting your money into. And this is a brand. This is a brand I trust. And yeah. both of these, both. And of this these is the first time I've had this, by the way. And I knew it was going to be good. Right. And it's good. It right. just, just nosing it. This is one of the brightest whiskeys I think I've ever nosed before. And I mean, you definitely get this. The okay, so the pop of the citrus zest is definitely there, which is really cool. And it's it's definitely a top note flavor. I feel like normally when I'm nosing or tasting a whiskey, that citrus is almost kind of secondary to the sweetness. Sure. But this one comes out front and center right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, and you know, part of this might be the name of the distillery, but I do get a honey note on the definitely. Nose, you know, like like a, 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 a thick sugary uh, sort of thing going on. Definite fruits, definite citrus, right? Um, on the palate, this one, the, the first sip of this one will kick you in the head a little bit. What, what's the uh, ABV on that, Bobby? Can you see that? You, uh, she was great. It's 59.85. Yeah. So, so it's that's, heavy. That's a, that it's cast strength. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, well, I think they, I think all they do is cast strength, right? I believe so. I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure, but anyway. I believe so. It's young. Yes. It's, it's definitely young. There's no argument there. It, and again, You'll hear people say, this is a young whiskey. Does not translate to bad. No. This translates to young. There are young situations going on. There, in are, there are certain flavor components. There are certain there are certain things that you associate with younger whiskeys. Right. One exactly. thing I like about this one that you don't see in a lot of young younger whiskeys is it's got this rich, oily mouthfeel mm. to it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a thing that, that Joshua and Jason look for in basically every whiskey that they put out. That's sort of like their stamp on it um, is, and I mean, there's other factors as well, but they look to across the board for everything for single cast nation. One of the things they look for is uh, a rich, oily mouthfeel, and this definitely has that. It definitely it coats the tongue, coats the mouth. It's fantastic. Well, and I'd imagine that's also one of the things that I'm going to get gives it a little bit more of a finish so that's something that again you don't need age to get to a high quality finish if you've got the right viscosity from the distillation process yep and this and this definitely has a longer finish than i generally expect from a younger whiskey yeah um one thing i like about uh a single cast nation is they will put uh on right on the bottle they put like the different notes that you're going to get and how intense those notes are yeah um nice, which is, it's a nice little like scale yeah, little yeah. diagram and you got going on there. What I would suggest is taste it first, um, you know, get right down sort of your own notes on it, and then have a look at that. So it, it'll break it down. It doesn't break it down a whole lot, but it'll, it'll say floral, sweet, rich, nutty, spicy, earthy, smoky, and woody. Um, and the top three or four on here are sweet, rich, spicy, and woody. And I would say absolutely. The lowest one on here is smoky. This has like no smoke to it. Uh, yeah, that didn't even cross my mind with it. So that that's a nice little gauge they have on the back of theirs. I don't know if it's the combination of the citrus and the sweetness that we were talking about earlier, but like the, the image that came to mind as I was nosing it was like a really good lemon meringue pie where the meringue is just like golden brown just tipped on the the edge like baked to perfection sure the citrus i get is not lemon it's Mm -mm. definitely more of again like more of that orange citrus but it's just yeah that's very delightful it it does have a little bit of a, a a not quite orangey sort of tang to it almost yeah. which sounds bad but like it, they put it's got, tang in their whiskey that's right so this is the, this episode is brought to you by tang <laughs> um 
but this is it, it's got it's got a little bit of that like zing for for lack of yeah. a better word in it. I I I really dig it. Like like I said, and and this is a great example of an independent bottler putting out a whiskey and putting it out with the age statement on it of two years. And you can, if, if that independent bottler has been doing their job for any amount of time, um, and they're going to put that age statement on there, then you're, there's something special about that barrel that they're using. Going back to what you guys were saying, as far as, you know, if you see a whiskey from a young IB that is a little bit on the younger side, try it. It's probably phenomenal. Um, I just, I think it's really important to highlight that Milk and Honey is a good example of this. It's not an old distillery. I mean, the whiskey scene in Israel is not anywhere on the scale of, you know, what's in Scotland, Ireland, Kentucky in terms of age and legacy. But if having diversity in the types of whiskey that you get and, and seeing more really unique flavors is something that's important to you as a whiskey enthusiast, definitely use this as an opportunity to support those younger distilleries that are starting up. Because if they're putting out stuff like this and they're just getting going, like, imagine what it's going right. to be in five years. And imagine if you were so scared to try a young whiskey, they wouldn't survive the market. Right. We would never get to see what they would produce because they would have to either, you know, source from somewhere else for mm-hmm. older stock or they would just collapse because how could they survive? Because nobody wants to buy it because, oh, it's two years, it's three years. Why would I want to invest in that? Right. Um, but luckily, I think that mentality is fading so yeah yeah good talk yeah young whiskey's good old whiskey's also good <laughs> any whiskey's good Whis- all whiskey's, whiskey's good. are good except, except for the Dan ones Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to throwing toilet paper at a blimp or whatever the hell we're doing I don't know who, who, throwing pebbles of toilet paper at, yeah exactly <laughs> throwing toilet paper at a blimp that's that's the title of this episode <laughs> The humor is the effort to launch it in the air (laughs) and it not even come close to that's that's what it's like. It's like me throwing it up at an airplane. I was imagining you like and the pilot going nothing because he doesn't even know I'm down there. (laughs) He could give a shit about what I'm doing. Meanwhile, you're just like this giant wind up like (laughs) launch it with all my might. It makes it to like you know, maybe I don't know, twenty feet. I don't know. And the pilots, I don't know miles in the air and he's like the co-pilot's like did you see that and he's like no i didn't because i don't have superhuman yeah, vision and i don't care so that guy means nothing that's essentially how jack Daniels feels about me all right cast chasers that's it for this episode but we'll be back again next week and if this is your first time listening we want to personally thank you from the whole cast chasers team If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And in the meantime, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cask Chasers. You can also join our Facebook group. Don't forget to check out our website, caskchasers.org, for show notes, Cask Chasers swag, and more. That's it for now. And until next time, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. Yeah. Do they have an H shaded whiskey? Don't try it. <laughs> Aaron, where's the balance? Bring it back. Where's a button? I just I just need a button at that point. <laughs> I have no buttons. I'll clean that up. Oh man. <laughs>